This is Cam Slater, and you're listening to Dirty Politics. Welcome to Dirty Politics. Tonight with Simon Lusk, we're going to talk about personality and not policy. Simon, let's talk about the differences between Jacinda Ardern and Bill English and why personality is winning and not policy. Well, I think we want to take a step back even further, and um, this isn't a new thing. Um, if you remember back to the Oriwa speech that Don Brush gave, um, he surged in the polls. I think he got up to 43% immediately after it. Um, and when you talk to Don, who is a real gentleman and always uh, generous with his time, he'll, he's, he's almost offended by it because he said, not a single thing I said there was any different to Nationals policy under Bill English. Um, And he made the very good point that people just listened to him, but they didn't listen to Bill English. Uh, They were all Bill's policies. They're all Nationals policies. Some of them have been Nationals policies for quite a while, but no one was listening to Bill and they were listening to Don. Well, that's similar to the situation we have with Labor now, where in reality, we've got Andrew Little's policies with a smiley face, where number two has moved to number one and number one has moved to number three, but nothing else is different. Well, it's it's perhaps if you look even broader uh, back than that, um, the policies that Labor have now are scarcely any different from what they were under Gough, Shearer, Cunliffe. Um, You know, they're they're running this uh, very similar policies to uh, what they ran in 2011 and 2014, um, but they have a a relentlessly positive person that people seem to be able to relate to, whereas the, the other people were just, or the other four leaders were hopeless. Well, so if we look at at those four leaders since Helen Clark left, when she left, essentially poisoned the well for Phil Goff. There was no way he was going to get up over that um, and left him with the golden handcuffs, anointed him. Let's just put Goff aside because he was a very hard-working guy. Labour people that I've spoken to said no one works harder than Phil Goff, and, and I tend to agree with that. Yeah, see, I, I don't. Um, and the reason that I say I don't is because Goff hadn't built the infrastructure necessary to do what Tony Abbott did to Julia Gillard three years in. Um, everyone says, oh, you, you know, you, you were going to be out for ages. But Tony Abbott didn't believe that. He built a really good team. He had the money. He had the infrastructure to allow him to challenge Julia Gillard. And he got within two vote, uh, two seats of winning the, um, the next election after they'd... Um, come out of um, or, or they've gone into opposition um, I don't believe you know, you've, you've got to do the right work Goff can work as much as he likes but he didn't have the funding and he didn't have the campaigners and he didn't have a real thug like Mike Williams as his um, party president and, and Mike Smith who was excellent and Mike Munro I mean there's, there's some fantastic people I mean he didn't even have a chief of staff and he worked under Helen Clark and Heather Simpson and seeing what a brilliant chief of staff um, Helen Clark had. And that 
to me says, well, he can do all the work he likes. He's just doing the wrong work. Well, that sounds to me like he's going to have the same problems in the Auckland Meralty because he inherited Lynn Brown's team. He's inherited Lynn Brown's money and he's uh, inherited some of the advisors that are there, but he hasn't done his own homework and his own and his own planning. And, and what you're saying there suggests that leopards don't change their spots and he may well come undone in the Auckland Meralty. Obviously, that'll be a, a podcast that we'll have to do later. But but is that your assessment there? Yeah, and and uh, I just think Goff, while he may work hard, doesn't do the right work. I, I, I've yet to see him build any infrastructure. Now, exactly the same criticism can be levelled at David Shearer and David Cunliffe. Um, Cunliffe in particular had always wanted to lead the Labour Party, yet when he became leader, he didn't have a team. Um, and because he didn't have a team, things weren't exceptionally bad for him because he just wasn't prepared for it. Now, Andrew Little, as a case in point, is even worse. That guy was such a moron that he said, I don't think you can decide what you're going to do as leader until you become the leader. Well, that, that, just, that's, that sounded stupid to me when I heard it. It's just bullshit. Like, of course you can. Helen Clark was probably thinking in the 70s about what she would do when she became leader. Um, and she built a team of people to allow her to do it. Um, I don't know that Jacinda has done that, but she's very much like Don Brash. She has a connection with the electorate, um, and they're listening to her. Well, I mean, that's the important thing, isn't it? About It's getting people to listen to you, whether what they say means anything uh, doesn't really matter because, I mean, if we look at the National Party, even though Don Brash uh, nearly won the 2005 election, it wasn't until John Key took over that we we saw that style over substance, uh, although John Key did have substance, but he was a glad face. He was somebody that said that it was all right to those people who were nervous about swapping over to National after nine years of Labour. And um, he, he put on the air of uh, acceptability of the National Party. And what I'm seeing here with Jacinda is exactly the same playbook. Nothing's different different between between labor of two months ago and Labour of today other than they have a different face and that face is saying and we saw this in the first debate uh, that face is saying to people it's okay, it's safe to swap votes to, to the Labour Party and there's nothing more than that I don't know if I'm seeing this differently from anybody else. I'm certainly not buying into Jacinda Mania or thinking that she's got any sort of policy depth or anything like that. Calculating, yes. Planning, possibly. Uh, I think it's a happy coincidence that she turns up with a smiley face uh, at the time when we've got um, a rather droll, very boring Bill English as the Prime Minister. Yep, and she is a marked contrast to both Bill English and the previous um, Labour leaders in, in that she does have a, a very positive disposition. Um, and, and she's not alone in, in the world in recent times. Um, the, you know, you, you've got Cyprus and Greece who came from nowhere. Trudeau. Um, he, Trudeau. Um, and Trump essentially came from nowhere. And Macron has absolutely dominated French politics from, from no infrastructure and basically people voting on, on his personality rather than policy. And it's all coming undone for all of them, Macron in particular. There's a decidedly unhappy people in France right now wondering just what they elected. Well, he's less popular than um, Donald Trump, which that is says hard something. to believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That says 
something, absolutely says something to right there. If you are less popular than Donald Trump, they've got serious problems. Well, you may say that the French just like whinging and complaining and bludging, and he's trying to stop them from doing all three. But um, the, the, the one that surprised me the most was um, Trudeau, who, who won a very decisive election from a position of being behind both the Conservatives and the NDP. And he, he ended up winning a majority. And that was an election that the NDP was expecting to do a lot better than they did in. And he cannibalised a lot of their votes, uh, as well as taking votes off the Conservatives. Is, is Trudeau uh, going to fall victim to what is a common malaise amongst children of pop, of popular politicians where they come in after they after the you know in basically trading off their name uh, and then fail to deliver and people then uh, fondly remembering their father uh, and then the the son isn't anywhere near what the father is I don't know, and there's there's many many factors in, in how successful he is. Not least how successful the um, Conservative uh, Party is in rebuilding, and how the NDP comes from their pretty devastating loss. Um, so I, I I just don't know. And from what I can gather, Trudeau has done a whole lot of liberal stuff in Canada that that isn't actually all that good. And and I would far rather have a Cretian. Paul Martin kind of hmm. liberal government than uh, bloody um, uh, sort of a, a, a um, wishy washy liberal Rooney. one type. Yeah, yeah. Well, Canada's had some pretty dodgy right wing um, governments. Um, they, Brian Mulroney was had and um, Ken Campbell had basically wrecked the place, and the Liberals had to come in and um, and cut vast amounts out of the public budget. So you know they're not as evil as as uh, you'd think. Of left-wing government is, and Cretian and Martin are uh, the, the Prime Minister and Finance Minister are men that we should admire. A, a good rinsing is needed in politics, though, to, to have a clean-out, to reset people. And I think, you know, National sort of did that after 2002 and, and changed the infrastructure of the party. I'm not sure Labour has had their rinsing, even though they lost really, really badly in 2008 to John Key. The party essentially hasn't changed, and no. so I'm not sure that it's going it's going to last. Of course, we'll be able to watch and do many podcasts about about the tragedy of the Labour Party. But well, I, I think in the, in the Labour Party, in fairness to the Labour Party, they do have some exceptionally able people coming in, and and we wouldn't say that about um, their current caucus. There's a whole lot of plonkers in it. Um, there's uh, Deborah Russell, who is a, a a tax academic hmm. comes with very, very... Now, she's in New Lynn, so she'll be in Parliament. Well, um, well, she'll probably do a better job than Robbo, who seems to have completely stuffed up their finance uh, oh, arrangements. Absolutely. And I had a number of people in the Maori community ringing me very excited that Kerry Allen is running for Labour on the East Coast. Um, she is a particularly talented um, lawyer. She did some great work for Nati Kahanunu fighting the um, Rotanafa 
water storage project um, and is just very, very well respected before she gets into Parliament, unlike someone like Ian Lees Galloway or Chris Hipkins or Grant Robertson, who've never really done anything. Well, well Galloway was a nurses' union bother boy, and um, the others all you know, learned from sitting in the lap of Helen Clark. And they didn't learn that much because they never rebuilt Labor's infrastructure and they never looked for the, the fantastic people like Mike Williams and, and Heather Simpson to fulfil important roles in Wellington. So, Simon, why has this happened? Why, why have we got this situation where Jacinda has, has come from nowhere, basically doubled Labor's vote, no changes in policy other than announce um, you know, a bevy of new taxes? What has changed? Why has this happened? Well, I think Jacinda's managed, well, Jacinda is genuinely lovely. Um, she is an absolutely lovely person, which I can't think of anyone else in politics that I would say that about. I don't know about you, Cam, but I have some very good friends in politics, but most of them have a mongrel streak in them, and some of them have a lot of a mongrel in them. So uh, I'm just... a bit meaner than that. I say she's nice but dim because Farah and I had had um, lunch with her in 2008 for three hours or so, and I came away with the impression that she uh, had a whole lot of bumper sticker slogans, but not much else. But it was very pleasant. It was a highly entertaining lunch, I must say. But she is personally genuinely lovely. She is a very good person. And, and her instincts, um, when she put her first lot of hoardings up, to go and put the national hoarding that have fallen over, probably uh, she'd be the only person in the Labour Party that thinks that. But I thought that was a very genuine <laughs> just thing half, to do. Half the people who helped her put it back up probably knocked it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but, but that that is just such a contrast to the sort of the dour and sour uh, Labour Party who sort of think that fighting national is something that is, you know, that you've just got to do for moral reasons rather than... And that hey, epi- yeah, and that epitomised Andrew Little's leadership, wasn't it? It was miserable, it was grumpy, it was angry, and it didn't make you feel good about voting Labour, whereas Jacinda makes you feel good about voting Labour. And and she makes you feel good when you're in her presence too. I mean, she is a she is someone that you look forward to going and, and meeting. Um, and there's not that many politicians should say that about. Well, no, you're right. There's not that many. We yeah. talk about the blink test all the time. You know, we voters make a decision about whether they're going to listen to somebody or trust somebody in the amount of time it takes for you to blink. Do you think Jacinda passes that blink test and does she you know does she has she utilized that one chance that leaders get to convince the public very early on that they they've got the goods? I think that undoubtedly she passes the blink test, otherwise she wouldn't have doubled or near doubled Labor's polls. Um, and I think she's been blessed by having such a short run into the election where she doesn't have to do the years of drudgery and opposition where it's hard to get stories up and it's hard to be disciplined and it's hard to stop your, um, you know, the, the people in your, your caucus that want to go and fight the other side for no real reason to not do it so they can concentrate on winning. There's um, also not a lot of scrutiny as well, is there? No, no. And that's something that um, is unfortunate because you know, we're making a decision about who's going to be our Prime Minister um, and we haven't scrutinised her. But what we do know is she's not Bill English um, and um, 
unlike Bill, she has a rapport, an easy rapport with people and, and is genuinely likeable. And, and I don't think anyone's ever accused of Bill of that. Yeah, well, when you see Jacinda talking to people in the street, it reminds me of John Key and that, that easy way that he has with people. When you see Bill English uh, talking to people, you think, oh, God, he's faking it and not very well either. Yeah, and, you know, there's, there's not many people... Um, in Parliament that, that can do that. I, I think that Stu Nash and Napier can do it. Um, I, I know that uh, Mark Mitchell and Rodney can do it. I, I tried to have lunch with him one day uh, three months after he got elected in as electorate, and I had lunch and he didn't because yeah. of the constant stream of people that wanted to talk to him. Yeah, I found the same thing when I caught, catch up with him in Ori where you almost got to give up because everyone's coming up and shaking his hand and it you know, takes four times as long to say anything or do anything. But yeah. um, yeah, there's, but but that's an important that you know retail politicians need to learn those things. That's why I guess Paul Goldsmith doesn't go out and meet and greet people because he's just hopeless at it. Well, I think that he might be doing it. So act when um, Epson, but. You know, he's, he's a very fine intellect and a very, very capable minister as far as I know. I haven't heard any, but you don't want to put him in front of the public or, you know, you don't want to send him out door knocking because he'll lose votes. I remember uh, anecdotally a story about him knocking on a door when he was campaigning for council and someone said, no, I'm voting for the Labour candidate. And then he stood there and lectured them for half an hour about how stupid they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Which yeah, you've yeah. got to admire his tenacity, but it doesn't help you on the doorstep. No, no. Well, that. I mean, that increases my respect for Paul Goldsmith a lot. Um, yeah, but, mm. but not a winning. I wouldn't want to run a campaign for him. Um, and there's there's too many people like Paul Goldsmith in, in National and not enough people like Mark Mitchell. Um, I think that the other thing is that you can't fake it because Paula Bennett comes across as that kind of oh. warm and friendly person. It's cringeworthy. But, it really is. But, but we also know that it, behind the scenes, there are vast numbers of people that really don't like her because she has treated them exceptionally badly. Oh, there's there's endless stories. Uh, you know, long-serving staff members in Parliament who have been there for longer than most MPs, you know, and, and the stories, that, can you believe those people? They've got no reason to lie. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of horrid stories. There's none like that about Jacinda. I mean, none at no, all. No, none. And, and the stories that you do hear are, is, is her doing uh, very nice things to people in, uh, in National. And, and when people have got to know her, they've just come away impressed with her as a person. I think she's blessed with a little bit of honesty too because I, after the 2014 you know, dirty politics um, hit job by, by Labour and, and the opposition, uh, there was all sorts of questions by uh, David Cunliffe and Caucus of whether anybody in Labour had uh, had met me or interacted with me. And I've got to say that, uh, you know, half the caucus lied, but um, Jacinda put her hand up and owned up to having lunch with me in 2008. Yeah, and, and I just don't don't think that there's either a malicious or a lying no. bone in her body. No, there's um, no no reason for her not to admit it. You know, it was a pleasant yeah. lunch at the house of an ACT Party person with David Farrer and I, and yeah, it was a pleasant lunch. There was no harsh words or anything, you know, and we're implacably opposed uh, in terms of policy, both social policy and fiscal policy. But it was it was a really entertaining lunch. And, and, you know, that, that gets back to another point that our good mate David Farrer always makes. And the Labor leaders always get a bit of a bounce when they come in 
until they go negative. And as soon as they go negative, they lose all their new support. Or do something or do something dopey like David Cunliffe who apologised for being a man. Yeah, but it was I think it was even before that. And and I checked this with with uh, David, and he was saying um, that it very much the case with Goff did quite well until he went on the attack. I think over Richard Worth. Um, mm. And and you know they got that scalp, but it wasn't what the public wanted to see. And I I. I mean, Jacinda's not going to have a chance to go after any scouts, but I just don't see that she would do it anyway. And she's she's slapped down people who've been aggressive or nasty, and mm. that's um, that's got to be uh, good for her at the ballot box. Well, if if Labor gets up and wins, it'll solely be because of the personality of Jacinda Ardern, because it sure as hell won't be the policies. Or the support staff, or the, the you know the people no. around here who 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 wouldn't be able to connect. And, um, and, and but the flip side of that is that national loses because they have an unlikable leader. Yeah, and you know that 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 makes us think very much about what the next leader um, or the next the future leaders need to be. And you know they have to work very hard on being likable first. And 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 as we discussed with Paul Bennett, that's not likable on TV. That's likable in person as well. And mm. treating staff well, treating subordinates well, treating the your peers and caucus who are nominally below you as if they're humans, not serfs. Um, and you know, the, the the probably the message there is if you think you're going to win by being a hard ass or a boring bastard or dull and dreary but plod along, you, you're not going to win. You you just won't. You and that means that parties need to look and. These are all truisms, though, you know, and you've got to look at, at Bill English's history in 2002, dull, boring, heaps of policy. No one was listening because the person delivering it um, basically couldn't speak English, you know, to, that the electorate wants to listen to. Nationals caucus selected him again, and we're seeing the same thing. We, you know, no, no surprise there, but I don't know that there was necessarily anyone that was, um, you know, had the the John Key or Jacinda Ardern effect uh, no. in that national caucus. No, but you know, the, I guess they're going to reap what they sow. They're going to just squeak in with a not very good victory, <laughs> and then be beholden to somebody else, or they're going to go down in a screaming heap. You know, or lose by a little bit, but a loss is a loss, and yeah, yeah, and so that does send that lesson that they do need to think about who the future leaders are going to be. They do have to be engaging. They have to be likable. They have to be popular. All of those and sorts of things. In, in National's case, the the sensible thing to do would be to defer appointing a new leader. Uh, and throw a whole lot of money at Pinko and get him to do some polling for them and work out who the public like and you know spend a lot on focus groups which he's exceptionally good at and and you know who who can connect who can communicate not um, who's got the votes in caucus because that may mean that they have this you know Bill English had the votes in caucus when he toppled Jenny Shipley and he managed to take uh, National from I think thirty seven percent in the polls to twenty yeah twenty point nine twenty point nine um, my father always like to be particular about that 20.9%. Nine, 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 three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. Helen Clark uh, kind of set the benchmark, though. Um, you know, a person who's, well, not pleasant to look at, but she built a good team, a formidable team around her and, uh, and ended up with planning, foresight and low base cunning uh, to become a very formidable leader of the Labour Party and then a very formidable Prime Minister. 
And, and I think that that explains that, you know, the leadership, having having a positive personality as a, as a rule that, uh, rather than a law, your leader doesn't have to have a really sunny, positive disposition. Um, they can be like Helen Clark, but if they're going to be like Helen Clark, they have to be as meticulous and as thorough and as diligent in putting together their team and their strategy. And you know, Clark is an absolutely brilliant politician on the world's stage for being able to take a face like hers and a personality like hers and just absolutely destroy her opponents for a very, very long time. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know, the, the others that have had her kind of attributes haven't been willing to do the work and they haven't, haven't, they haven't reaped the success that she reaped from being willing to be so, you know... Ruthless. Uh, well, well, and dedicated to getting there. Well, that's the thing with Helen Clark. She knew her stuff. There wasn't a portfolio that she wasn't across. And that's one thing I think that Jacinda is lacking. She needs to get up to speed with that very, very quickly. Otherwise, she's just going to look stupid and dopey. But, you know, that doesn't really matter right now. We're three weeks out, uh, yep, 21 days out from the election. Um, and in 21 days, we'll know exactly who's won and who's lost. But um, for those who want to lead and... Uh, whether National wins or loses, I think they are going to have to look at a new leader uh, in the short term rather than the long term. Uh, what are they? What is it they going to have to look at for someone who's going to lead them? I think that likability becomes an absolutely crucial thing. You've got to be easy with the, the public. You've got to be able to glad hand them, and you, you know, you, you you're not going to be successful by being very aggressive or abusive of your opponents or angry. Um, you know, you, you do want to be a whole lot more um, positive and friendly and um, like John Key was. And, um, and Everyone Jacinda wanted to have a beer with John Key, didn't they? Now everyone oh, wants to have a whiskey and a cigar with Jacinda. Yeah, and, you know, from my experience, the occasions that I've had drinks with Jacinda, it has been very entertaining and I've loved it. Um, and I, I have a huge regard for her as a, as a person um, and she's shown that she's a very popular politician. But you sort of look at the National Caucus and who can do that um, after Bill? And you know, who, who has got a media profile that's positive? Um, and who does understand that rather than being um, angry or abusive, you're disappointed and concerned? And Jacinda's message of we can do better is very much about, well, yeah, like things aren't going that well, but we're not saying these guys she's are been well, in the, Yeah, She's been yeah. very well trained. She speaks in truisms. You can't argue with them. She, are we, you know, it'd be like me saying, look, you know, I should be a green voter. We all want clean rivers. We all want clean air. We all want clean lakes and oceans. You can't argue with that. We all agree with that. And that's how I see Jacinda talking. She says things exactly like you said, we can do better. I think Bill's done a good job, but I think we can do better. You can't argue with that. Mm. And and we can always do better. We can put more money in people's pockets and no, it's, it's other the, people's money in other people's pockets. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, it it was uh, Clinton and against Bush in ninety two. Bush tried to use the line that Reagan won the debate in nineteen eighty with, which was, "Are you better off? Or are you better off now than you were four years before?" And everyone said no. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Bush said, will you be better off in four years under this guy or under me? And no one paid any attention to it. No. Um, it it's, um, and, you know, there's a 
a message there, and I think that Jacinda has really got her message right. So, yeah. So, so what we're seeing here is this policy doesn't matter so much. It's about messaging, and it's about personality. Yeah, and and you know we've got to admire um, what Jacinda's been able to achieve at the same time as have been absolutely contemptuous of the people ahead of her that have failed, um, and perhaps even contemptuous of, of Bill English and others who aspire to lead the National Party because they just haven't done enough to be likeable. Is there a Helen Clark factor here, though, Simon? Because when Helen Clark walked out after 2008, left Gough to it, she hasn't been seen back in New Zealand politics until two months ago. And there she was, clutching on to Jacinda for all that she was worth. Are we yeah, seeing the dark hand of Helen Clark in here? I, I don't think that Helen Clark supporting Jacinda Ardern has made Jacinda popular, and I don't think that Helen Clark has made Jacinda really good on TV over the past nine years, and I certainly don't think that Helen Clark has, has made Jacinda lovely. Um, I don't think that those things are stuff that Helen Clark has had much impact on at all. No, um, but Helen Clark is good on policy. Helen Clark is good on organisation and she's good on pulling those old labour strings. Oh, and she is brilliant at it. And if Jacinda's lucky enough to have her behind the scenes, then she is well ahead of the previous Labour leaders. But at the same time, I don't think that there would have been that instant response to Jacinda in the polls just because Helen Clark had anointed her. She anointed Phil Goff and they didn't go anywhere. Well, this election's certainly looking like personality over policy, style over substance. Let's hope Bill English and Steve Joyce are listening to our good mate David Farrer at Courier Polling because he'll be telling them what's really happening out there. Um, and they'd be nuts not to. I'd be on the phone to him many times every day to work out what he knows. Yep, and what he doesn't know in New Zealand politics when it comes to polling isn't worth knowing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks for that, Simon. No worries. And we will do another podcast shortly. Great. Thanks, mate.